Hey everybody, it's your old friend John Bruno with another minicast. I'm joined this week again by a recurring special guest, uh, the MVP of 2018, Bill Ray. Bill, how's it going? Ah, doing well, John. Thank you. So before we get into it, Bill, I do want to uh, I do want to go over where people can find you on social media and what you've been doing beyond podcasting with me because apparently like only 5% of people who listen to podcasts listen to like the last second of a podcast. So I'm tricking you all this week and we're going to do it <laughs> right at the beginning. Bill, uh, tell everybody about yourself, where they can find you and uh, what's the deal, man? What's the deal with Bill Ray? All right. Well, you know, my friends call me Bill, but uh, my, my nom de plume is, is actually William Ray. And I write fantasy series called Tales of Varen Empire. Uh, Gedland is the first book, and it was named to Kirkus Review's Best Books of 2016. It's a fantasy version of the Victorian British Empire taking on an ancient lich and his army of the undead. Uh, there's a second book in the same setting called The Great Restoration, which is a sort of noir detective story about a cult that kidnaps an engineer as part of their plot to bring back the elves. Uh, you can get more information on my stories, uh, my website, which is baronempire.com, and you can find me at Baron Empire on Twitter as well as Facebook. Uh, my work is available on Amazon and paperback, Kindle, and Kindle Unlimited. So uh, if you buy it through TF Radio's uh, Amazon link, you'll be supporting the show at the same time. Ha. Got you guys. You heard it here first uh, on the podcast. Oh, uh, one thing for me too, before we get into the mini cast again, if you want to support the show, uh, blah, 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 you can go to shirtsickle.com. It's like popsicle, but shirt, shirtsickle.com by a TF radio shirt. Just search for TF radio or chances are we have our shirts on the homepage cause they, um, they sell pretty well. Thanks to you guys. So anyway, shirtsickle.com or shirtsickle.com slash TF radio. So, uh, Bill, we wanted to do a follow-up to the discussion we had a few weeks back on trademark and IP, really just a kind of intellectual property. And um, we had a few questions on social media, and uh, they're all different, but they may dovetail together. So uh, the first one uh, we'd like to talk about is uh, Tarn. So Tarn, if you don't know, I would think you'd know if you're listening to this podcast, uh, an IDW character, a member of the uh, DJD, the Decepticon Justice, uh, what's, the th- what's the second D? Division. I Division, think. yes. Uh, they go and um, uh, publicly and violently uh, punish uh, Decepticons that are traitors or kind of second guess the cause. Anyway, that's all secondary to Tarn's design. Tarn wears a effectively a Decepticon shield as a mask. And we have third-party um, toys of him. So a question on social media was, if, uh, if Autobot Decepticon shields symbols are um, kind of a line, considered maybe a line, a third-party is not to cross, um, have they not crossed it by doing third-party tarns with uh, a Decepticon shield as a face? So, uh, Bill, what say you to the topic of tarns, a uh, very recognizable mask? Well, it's a great question. Uh, and let me uh, start by kind of cycling back to what the general purpose of, of trademarks is. And, it, and it's, it, it, fun- it serves a sort of social function of identifying the source of goods or services so that when you see something and it says Coca-Cola on it, 
you know that comes from the Coca-Cola company and it's going to be like all the other Coca-Colas you've had because everything that comes from that company is kind of the same, right? So <laughs> that being the, the slant, the important aspect of, of trademarks is, is identifying where something comes from, who it comes from, who authorized it is, is where, where the, the key point is on, on this. Um, and so it's a great question because yeah, Hasbro owns registrations on those symbols. And if you use those symbols to indicate that your goods are associated with those symbols, then yes, that would be an infringement of Hasbro's trademark, registered trademark on those symbols. Um, and so that's, one of the rights that Hasbro is required to enforce if they see that being used that way. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> the thing to remember with Tarn uh, is, is whether the symbol is being used to identify the goods that are being sold. And it's a mm. really narrow distinction. Uh, it's helped somewhat by the fact that, that Tarn's face is very, very similar to a Decepticon symbol. He's got that mask that looks a lot like the Decepticon symbol, but it isn't exactly the symbol as as we usually see it on marketing materials. Mm. It's not exactly how it is registered in the, in the database. Um, and that, that that's kind of a, a sticky point. And again, this is a very narrow... Uh, it, it's shaky ground to, to be on uh if you're the one selling it that is not hasbro um and so the first point of analysis in figuring out you know what 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 has to happen legally with this stuff is uh does hasbro want to do something about it and how badly <laughs> and, and most of the time uh what we are seeing with third-party toys is that Hasbro, for Hasbro to do something about it would cost them money, but not get them anything. They don't get any, they get, you know, a little bit of damages, but it would, you know, probably just about cover their legal costs and uh, the trouble they went to would not be worth it for for them to, to do all that and to... Uh, take the, the PR heat that companies always get when they, they take that kind of action. And so do they want to do anything about it? And the reason it's important to figure that out first is because there are a couple of different ways it could go. Um, if they don't, don't want to do anything about it, the answer is, okay, well, they're not selling the product under that, that symbol, that exact symbol. It's not... It's not identifying the origin of the goods. You don't look at the the box, the 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 MMC uh, Coulter box, for example. You don't look at that and see the figure in the picture and look at his face and go, "Aha! This means that it came from Hasbro." It's not identifying the source of the goods. It's just an aesthetic aspect of it. Um, and so, with that not serving as a source identifier, they can say, well, if it doesn't serve as a source identifier, it doesn't really, you know, create a, a, any consumer confusion, and therefore, we do not have to do anything. Um, and, 
again, Hasbro in this case probably doesn't want to do anything. It's a lot of trouble and it doesn't get them much. Uh, so they can use that that argument to say they don't have to do anything. Um, and so if they wanted to, if for example, uh, they have some uh, third party that is licensed, like the, the Flame Toys guys, I believe, are licensed. And if they decided that to keep the Flame Toys guys happy, they were going to really go after the third parties who, who infringed, uh, then I think they do have an argument to be made that, that that symbol on the face really does infringe their, their trademark use. Um, and for Hasbro, uh, has some very deadly uh, advantages here. Uh, first being that uh, the, the standard for whether something infringes is whether it is confusingly similar. And when you're there in front of a judge, you have to argue whether something is confusingly similar. And part of the analysis is who are the customers? And if your customers are experts, then if your customers are only collectors, collectors are very particular. Collectors look at all the fine details and they note, you know, the very, you know, smallest changes, they pay attention to it. And the collector would look at that and go, aha, this is clearly not the same as the exact same Decepticon symbol. I mean, collectors, we can identify whether something is a 1984 symbol or a, you know, Transformers animated symbol or a movie symbol, you know, just the slant on the eyes or something. And we've got it picked out, you know, under the year that it came out. So <laughs> we are a hard group to fool. We are not easily confused. Uh, and so Hasbro can take refuge behind that if they want. They can say, well, see, our, this is being sold to collectors. We don't need to take action. But if Hasbro wants to take action for some reason, then they can say, well, you know, our primary client isn't collectors. Our primary client is children. Our primary client is, you know, underaged. You know, they, they've not finished elementary school. They're not necessarily that smart. They're not going to notice all these details because they're not very sophisticated consumers. Uh, now, if you're anything like me as a child, you knew way, way more about your toys than any adult ever did. So, you know, maybe that's a less compelling argument, but, but Hasbro doesn't have to stop there. Hasbro can also say, well, what about grandma? Grandma is being sent out to go buy a toy and she knows, you know, she's seen the kids toys before and knows kind of a you know, vaguely what they are supposed to look like is grandma who only barely understands what transformers are. When she goes to the store, is she going to be confused trying to buy this for the kid who maybe the kid knows more, but she, she doesn't. Is she going to be confused when she sees that, that face, that Decepticon face? Is she going to say that's clearly related? Is she going to think that that product is associated with Hasbro? So they have a lot of room to, to pick whichever the sort of the best argument is that they want to make. So if they chose to, uh, they could have a lot of leverage. They would have a lot uh, of power in the courtroom uh, to go after something like that. Um, because, again, if the standard is, you know, who will it confuse and 
they can go into the courtroom and say, well, you know, grandma is never going to notice the differences between our registered Decepticon symbol and Tarn's face, then the judge is going to say, well, you know, they're right. Grandma's never going to notice that. Those things are very similar. They put it on the box right where grandma would look. Therefore, you know, it is clearly infringement. Um, but again, the, 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 the point is Hasbro doesn't necessarily want to take that action. That costs them money. And because of that flexibility, they can instead say, well, it doesn't look exactly like it. And it's not actually being used as a trademark. It's, you know, being held back on it's shown on the box, but it's not like, you know, shown as an identifying mark. You know, they, they have some wiggle room in order to claim that it, it, it doesn't necessarily infringe. And of course, the, the third party, uh, if they were trying to defend themselves in that case, uh, rather than just giving up, <laughs> which would probably be cheaper for them too, um, the third party would say, well, look, you know, it doesn't show the whole face. He's like turned to one side. You kind of get the hint of it, you know, and then they would say, our, our audience isn't these kids anyway. Our audience is collectors. You have to go to specialty retailers and special sites to go find this thing. So, you know, it's not really their symbol being used in commerce as a, as a symbol of the goods and services. It's not going to fool anyone who's actually shopping for it. Hmm. Um, and, and, and so that's that's the situation with Tarn's face. It, it, it's it's thin ground. It's it's shaky. It, it's not where you'd want to be standing. But I think they have enough of a you know sort of situational advantage that they can get away with it. And uh, and that that's how they get away with it, it sort of collectively. Because keep in mind, Hasbro is required to defend their trademarks. So if they are not going after Tarn they are also getting away with it <laughs> from a certain <laughs> point of view. They don't have to spend the money to chase these guys down uh, if they can find a good reason not to. Um, and, and so that's that's the answer to that question. Uh, Hasbro does own that, and they have a strong case should they choose to pursue it, but I think they have enough wiggle room that they can get away with not pursuing it. Interesting. And poor Grandma also poor in that grandma. story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pull her aside, teach her, teach her some things. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, symbols, okay, second, uh, second question was related to third-party stickers. And in our world, I would say the market is pretty much cornered by one website or one group. Uh, they are formerly known as Repro Labels. They're now Toyhacks, uh, Toyhacks.com. Uh, they do reproduction and original uh, stickers for uh, transforming robots, transformers and otherwise, that you can buy uh, directly online. And one of the things that they have are um, Autobot and Decepticon sticker sheets for the symbols, the shields, uh, in various sizes for you to uh, apply to the toys, or I guess anything you really want to, but they are, in, in spirit, they are for uh, the toys and replacing or upgrading those uh, those symbols where they appear on toys and and whatnot and so uh, we got another question on social media related to them specifically so when you buy uh, these sticker sheets uh, which again are basically a sheet of stickers uh, very nicely done 
but most definitely reproductions of Autobot Decepticon symbols. Each sheet has uh, the following, near as I can tell, and I will read it aloud, and then Bill can comment on it. So, so at the top of these sheets, in a uh, in a yellow or a brightly colored container, so your eyes drawn to it, you can't really miss it, and in pretty big type relative to the uh, the stickers that you purchased. This isn't necessarily fine print, so it, they, it's meant for reading. Uh, it says uh, Repro Labels Incorporated, copyright, uh, copyright say 2015, Repro Labels Incorporated. Uh, quote, intended for private collectors only, not for resale. Any markings shown are for scale modeling purposes only, not intended as trademarks. By purchasing, you agree not to misrepresent their origin or that of any item these la- labels are affixed to. So, uh, Bill, what's your take on Repro Labels? I well, Repro Labels is actually not the only game in town, but they are mm. by far the biggest. I, I think in in terms of mm-hmm. you know what fans uh, are aware of, and and you, there's there's a few Chinese companies and stuff that, mm, that are out true. there doing it too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, the disclaimer is is important, and uh, it, it goes back to uh, what I was talking about uh, with. The, the tarn face in terms of does it identify the goods the source of the goods in commerce and what they are trying to do here is say that okay this is the sticker sheet but that sticker is not us they're trying to use the the, the printed word disclaimer to say even though there's autobot symbols on here don't be fooled <laughs> and the reason that's important is because remember the 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 standard for trademark is confusing use in commerce and so if so for something to be used in commerce it has to be used in a way that identifies the source of the goods and so they are trying to make it so that their use of these symbols does not identify the source of the goods as anyone other than themselves uh, so that it does not seem to indicate that they are working from ha- for Hasbro, that the, these labels came from Hasbro. Uh, in a number of countries, there is actually a specific exception in the law for what they call uh, repair goods. Um, uh, I can't remember all the, the other terminology for it, but the idea is that uh, it comes up frequently with cars, for example. Like mm-hmm. if you have a car and you get into an accident and you smash the hood ornament, do you have to go back to the car manufacturer to get the replacement hood ornament? And in a number of countries, there are specific exceptions that say, no, somebody else can make a replica hood ornament and sell that to you. So Mm -hmm. that if you've got a a Toyota, anytime it wrecks, you don't have to buy all your pieces from Toyota just because that's where the symbol is. You you can go and, you know, someone else can create that. Someone else can create uh, a version of that symbol to fix the car that you already have. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The idea being that, you know, for someone who's selling cars, they should be interested in protecting their rights to sell to cars, right? They they don't want confusingly similar marks on non-Toyota automobiles. But if you've got a Toyota already and you just want to fix the symbol, you should be able to do that. Uh, there are there is some debate <laughs> over whether that should be allowed, regardless. Uh, but 
uh, in general that there are a number of countries that that have have adopted that as the rule that if it's to fix something that you already own that it's if it's to uh, for example a transformer toy that you're putting the same stickers on that were originally on it and you you know they're just reproducing those original stickers to restore its appearance then that should be okay um, however in the United States that's not necessarily the case um, so uh, here uh, uh, there's not quite as, as much uh, room for uh, creating those kind of things uh, if they might infringe on someone else's trademarks. Um, and, and so Toy Hacks kind of and, and, and other label producers sort of walk a line there. They are, uh, if they don't have a direct and explicit license, uh, in theory, uh, they could be, they could say, you know, arguably you're using it in commerce. And again, uh, part of it is whether Hasbro wants to argue that. Um, so uh, if they are selling it on, uh, you know, Hasbro can argue again, grandma is not going to know that these labels, when she sees them, are not official Hasbro labels. She's probably, you know, she's not going to break out the reading glasses to read a legal disclaimer on the stickers. So, uh, you know, how they've clearly infringed, if that's the analysis you want to push. But again, Hasbro doesn't necessarily want to do that. They're not going to make a lot of money, uh, you know, kicking over the toy hacks guys and, you know, trying to shake the change out of their pockets like it's it's just not going to be worth their time and effort to do that and in the meantime all the fans who have you know enjoyed their work over the years i know i'm one of them would be upset we'd be like wait you know why are you picking on these guys they've you know i've got i've got a bunch of hasbro toys that i have bought specifically because toy hacks came up with some crazy you know sticker that i could alter it with <laughs> And I bought the, so I bought the toy to put, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the Nova Prime to put Thunderclash stickers on or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so for, for Hasbro, it doesn't really hurt their business. They're not in the business of selling reproduction labels yeah, or parts. toys, yeah. uh, replacement parts. It doesn't hurt them. Uh, so they don't want to chase these guys down. It doesn't get them anything they, they're not going to make you know they're probably going to lose money on that lawsuit mm -hmm. uh and they're then not going to end up with anything to show for it other than you know a bunch of angry fans so hasbro in this case it is is lucky because toy hacks is a thing that's available online it's really only something that collectors are going to come across they're really only advertising to a very sophisticated audience they're not tracking down, you know, kids and saying, hey, kids, you know, we can improve your toys, get grandma to come by our site. Like nobody is going to be the, the, the audiences they reach out to are not audiences that are going to think that they are associated with Hasbro. They're going to look at it and they're going to say, OK, this is a replacement set of, of labels or maybe this is a, you know, a new set of labels mm -hmm. or a, a, you know, a figure I already own, but it's a licensed figure. Um, the other interesting thing on the disclaimer is the, the last line, uh, talking about, uh, agreeing not to, uh, misrepresent the origin, uh, and importantly, 
or that of any item the labels are affixed to. Um, there's actually a, uh, a doctrine under copyright law, uh, where, which is called contributory infringement, where if you sell a product whose only function is, or whose natural function is to enable someone else to infringe copyright, then you are considered to have infringed the copyright yourself. So if I, you know, make a, a knockoff of Optimus Prime, but I, I, you know, I just don't put all the pieces together and I just sell you like the Optimus Prime model kit that is otherwise identical to the Optimus Prime toy, but it's not assembled, uh, I don't get to, you know, get off the hook just because I didn't bother to assemble the toy and made you do it. I still basically put everything together to enable you to infringe the copyright. And so there's there's a, uh, a doctrine there uh, called uh, contributory infringement. And so by putting that, that disclaimer on there, they're saying, look, we are not intending for you to infringe anything. Don't infringe anything with this. If you bought this from us, then you agree not to uh, infringe someone else's copyright with these products that we've just sold you. And uh, so that's, again, that that's the narrow, the narrow ledge that you walk with, with uh, a lot of these third party items, uh, particularly uh, when you're using the symbols uh, as Toy Hacks is doing. And I know, uh, I'm sure the Hasbro people are aware that Toy Hacks is out there uh, but I, you know, it, it doesn't benefit them to stop those guys, and it, it you know, <laughs> helps them sell extra toys, as far as I can tell. So yeah. uh, they, they will, from a legal perspective, find reasons not to have to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I think I may have mentioned to you, I, I had a client years ago who uh, had a product that was being infringed, and they, it was, but it was like a by a fan a fan product and they were like we don't want to sue this fan who's making their own thing so we just sold them a license for like a dollar <laughs> and that was enough giving them permission for a dollar that was enough to settle the case and so we 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 handled it that way rather than uh trying to find some narrow because we we didn't we didn't have quite the flexibility to argue that uh you know we had especially especially sophisticated consumers or mm -hmm. different market channels or anything. in that particular case we didn't have that that room to argue but we did have uh you know <laughs> wherewithal to call them up and just say look you know we don't want to sue you how about we just you know we don't but we don't need to stop you so we're just going to sell you permission um and, and so from Hasbro's perspective, a lot of these things are things where it's not hurting them. They don't really care right now. And uh, so there's no, you know, they're going to find reasons not to take action where they can. Um, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that uh, any of these companies are safe forever because things can change. If, if Hasbro gets some new licensee, uh, someone shows up and says, you know, I'm willing to pay you guys like $10,000 to produce all the, you know, reproduction labels. Then Hasbro is going to be like, well, you know, for $10,000, I guess we will, 
you know, track down the, the other people who are doing it and tell them no. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if, if it's not costing them anything and it doesn't hurt them in, in any way and it's, you know, they're not losing opportunities because of it, then it doesn't make sense to, to chase these guys down. And so they will, uh, they have the flexibility to say, these guys aren't using it in commerce. They're not using the, these symbols as a representation of the product. They're using the symbols to you know, repair an existing product that already had the symbols on it, or they're uh, you know, using the, 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 it's just an abstract design that, that you know, is not being a, an identifier in commerce. Hmm. And so that's, that's the sort of narrow argument they can put forward, at least internally, because again, the, the point is uh, later on, you need to be able when someone sues you and says you weren't defending this earlier so you don't have rights to it now you want to be able to say oh we didn't have to defend it you know this time because of this reason and we didn't have to defend it that time because of the other reason and you need to be able to navigate that that channel to make sure that you really are defending your your rights and with a trademark with a registered trademark you have to every few years uh state not only that you're still using it in commerce and provide evidence that you're still using it in commerce, but you also have to sign a form that says you are still policing it and that you are stopping people from using it without your permission. Uh, and so they have to be able to say, uh, yes, we are still stopping people from using it without our permission, but you know, some of these cases don't really count as using it, using it in commerce, which is, is the important qualifier. Uh, so it, it doesn't mean that like everything is off the table and that they're not going to chase anybody down because mm-hmm. they are still very adamantly preserving their rights. But it, if they can get away with it on a, on a lot of these like small productions, then, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to, to, you know, throw their weight around uh, because they don't get anything for doing that. Interesting. 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 Um, our third topic is uh, i guess the biggest one as far as like content and it's um uh, i would i'm biased i would probably argue it's um impact maybe perhaps maybe i don't know on the on on certainly as a resource so it's it's a repository and, and uh uh we're talking about uh, tfwiki.net now before we get into tfwiki.net full disclosure bill and i know uh, many of the contributors to tfwiki and in some cases have known these people for decades oh decades how time flies so we have some connections with the the people who contribute to tfwiki and if you don't know what tfwiki.net is uh, again you've downloaded the wrong podcast most likely (laughs) but uh it's exactly what it sounds like it's uh, the transformers wiki so it's a um a fan uh, supported created uh, wiki with uh, an immense amount of transformers uh, knowledge and material and articles about uh, everything Transformers. And TFWiki is also populated with a lot of copyrighted material, images, uh, logos, um, uh, all kinds of uh, backup information and imagery to the articles that are in TFWiki. Uh, so uh, the question that we got on social media was, um, again, like, like how is this uh, tolerated, allowed, um, 
what's going on with tfwiki.net because it, it's it's all things Transformers. And because of that, there's just a ton of copyrighted material of all kinds on uh, on the on the wiki. So, uh, Bill, uh, our last topic is uh, TF Wiki. What's the deal with TF Wiki? Uh, well, that one is uh, a little more complicated. There's a couple of different issues there. Um, first, since we were just talking about trademarks, I will go ahead and point out that uh, they again have an arguable claim that they are not using the, those marks exactly in commerce. Um, it, there's uh, maybe one of the thinnest of all, <laughs> but um, I'm not sure uh, what all goods and services has has registered under each mark. Um, but uh, the the issue is that uh, TFWiki has ads, and of course, those, you know that's how they pay for the site. And those ads are commerce. Um, so the question is whether if you are selling a product, uh, because by you know, producing something that has ads, uh, you are essentially selling a product. Um, you're, you're selling the, the thing that carries the ads uh, to the advertisers. Um, and if your product has the symbols all over it, that's, you know, starts to become uh, closer and closer to using the marks in commerce. Um, in this particular case, the, the argument is again, well, it, it, you know, it's, it's not technically being used in commerce because we don't, you know, it's, we don't identify ourselves as being part of Hasbro. Someone who comes to the site is not going to think that we are Hasbro. Um, and you know, we have our own marks up. It says TF Wiki everywhere. It, you know, has says different things. Uh, so it's not just Hasbro's marks. It's it's our discussion of those marks. Um, and so, again, you have to remember that that distinction is important between just discussing a mark. For example, we can talk about Coca Cola, but the the word Coca Cola is trademarked. And so, if we were forbidden from using Coca-Cola without Coca-Cola's permission. I couldn't be talking right now about Coca-Cola because they would sue me. <laughs> but I'm not selling the product. I'm not selling you a product identified by that. I am uh, instead just discussing it, and that's okay. So uh, if you talk about um, different words and things that have been trademarked, uh, it, it does not pull them from the common lexicon. It merely uh, renders uh, sort of a, a special meaning to them when they are used in commerce as the identifying mark of goods or services. And so arguably, when TFWiki uses those symbols and those names and things on the wiki, they are not using them to identify themselves as, as the source of the goods. They are not using them to confusingly identify. Uh, and again, that's the standard is is whether someone going there would be confused and whether so whether you would go there and think as someone who visits the TF Wiki site that they are somehow related. Um, a bigger, uh, more widespread issue, of course, is copyright. Um, the important thing to remember in copyright is that copyright protects an expression. And so it has a certain unity to it, uh, which is why uh, if you have a book and someone 
writes out a quote from a book, that quote is not an infringement of the entire book because the book probably has, you know, 100,000 words in it, right? The average novel is, you know, 90,000 words. And if you wrote a quote that is, you know, 10 words, you've written, you know, one nine thousandth of the book. That's not really a copy of the whole book. It's just a, a tiny snippet. And that is permissible under copyright law. That's not a copy. It's just a, a, a minor segment. Um, and so under copyright law, you have to have appropriated enough of the original expression in order to be considered a, a full copy, an, an infringing copy. Uh, and there's not really any place that uh, the wiki copies an entire expression. Uh, there are certain photographs, uh, there are certain images that uh, independently might be copyrightable, uh, but a lot of the, the, the toy images, for example, they don't usually use uh, packaging images. They actually have the toys and they take their own photographs. Um, so the those images are, are created uh, themselves, so they're not infringing because they're not infringing on you know Hasbro's toy images usually because they're uh, self-created. Uh, but a lot of the other images are drawn from larger works. So when you have uh, a panel from a comic book or uh, you know a cutout from the toy packaging or something like that, generally you are only copying a limited uh, segment of the entire expression. And so uh, from a copyright angle, that's generally not enough to trigger infringement. Uh, and then the third thing to remember with copyrights is that copyrights do not require uh, uh, that you police them. If you own a copyright, you are allowed to just let people make copies. You can, uh, you know, let everybody in the world except for one person make copies. Like you can make whatever crazy rules you want. <laughs> it's the copyright holder. You hold the right, uh, and you are not obliged to charge money or to, you know, keep other people from doing it without your knowledge. You just have the right to stop other people, <laughs> regardless. Hmm. So. Uh, Hasbro can, or IDW, or anyone else who's involved, uh, even if enough of their material were copied, uh, uh, if they released an image, uh, a toy image uh, that was their photograph, and the wiki threw that up, Hasbro is not required to demand that it be taken down. They don't lose any rights by having it be on the wiki. And as I was discussing with trademarks, there's, you know, work involved, even if it's not much work. Like if they went to their attorney and they said, you know, the wiki threw up our, our toy photo and we don't want them to do that, write a cease and desist letter. The attorney's going to go, okay, uh, here's my cease and desist letter. I'll mail that out. That's going to be like $90. Well, so now Hasbro has spent $90 to get that picture off of the wiki, hmm. you know, is it worth ninety dollars? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that, that's the analysis that that has that goes on 
you know, sort of behind the scenes when they, you know, analyze action like that. And again, with copyright, unlike trademark, where you're required to stop others from using it in commerce, with copyright, you, you know, it's your right. You can enforce it or not as however you please. So they can say, well, our, our picture is up on, on the wiki. Do we want that? And if the answer is we don't care, then no one's going to approve spending $90 to stop it. Hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that's, that's the situation that, that the wiki is in. And I, I think to some degree, uh, again, because of the trademark names and all the other things, and they, they do sell advertising, to some degree they exist at sort of the sufferance of Hasbro. Uh, but I think Hasbro would have a lot of trouble uh, going through the wiki combing out everything that might infringe and proving that each individual thing counts as a use in commerce of that symbol as registered with the the trademark office they would have to say okay we have the symbol registered for you know website uses and you know they used it on a website to sell advertising blah 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 like they it would be a lot a lot of work for them Mm -hmm. for their attorneys and they're not going to gain anything by doing all that work uh, so even even where they have the rights, uh, if they can claim that there is no obligation, then they should, you know, they will do it. And hopefully, they they the attorneys on on their end are smart enough to know that, uh, you know, if if they don't have to do it, you know, if they do, if they feel they need to police it regardless, they don't actually have to deny permission. They can just sell permission for ridiculously cheap and that mm-hmm. still counts cool so <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's the situation with the wiki i, I think it's it, uh it for the in terms of copyright they're mostly in the clear because they don't take everything mm-hmm. they take just little samples mm-hmm. and in terms of uh trademark they're mostly in the clear because they're not really using it in commerce on the the kinds of goods and services that it usually goes on and so mm-hmm. therefore it's not really a confusing use um and and so Hasbro can overlook it and you know clearly chooses to do so. Yeah. Uh, since they've uh, on several occasions referenced that they've you know read the wiki and you know gotten stuff out of it. So <laughs> I don't think they have any desire to send it anyplace. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there are some uh, toy hacks labels here and there, perhaps in their office. It's good. To, it's a good shortcut to you know. Yeah. Labeling some yeah. prototypes probably. Uh, but we'll never tell. So, <laughs> so those three topics had uh, definitely some common threads going through them. Uh, listeners, I think uh, I think you're getting maybe the the hang of IP a little bit. Uh, I am. Uh, I still I'll have training wheels on forever compared to Bill. But I think I think we're all getting a taste of this. We're starting to catch the rhythm a little bit of how this works. If uh, if you guys, dear listeners, have any more questions, uh, there's always the chance we'll do a follow-up if we get enough uh, additional questions. So definitely tweet them out to uh, TF Radio uh, on Twitter. That's the best way to, to do it, honestly. So at TF Radio on Twitter. Uh, if you have a question uh, regarding IP Transformers stuff, um, tweet us. And if we get enough of them, we'll always do round uh, three, uh, potentially. But uh, but we'll we'll collect them. We'll we'll create a stack and, and see what we have after uh, after a, a wee bit. Uh, Bill, before we wrap up the uh, show, anything? Any last uh, 
thoughts on IP or trademark? Uh, no, I think I've, you know, probably rambled on enough for everyone. <laughs> you said your piece. <laughs> um, so again, guys, uh, check out, uh, check out Bill's fine work. Bill again, where can we find you on social media? Uh, on social media, I am almost everywhere as Varen Empire. Uh, so the website is varenempire.com, V-E-R-I-N, Empire. Uh, but you can find me on, under Varen Empire on Twitter and Facebook as well. And awesome. uh, I'm usually pretty active on Twitter, so uh, you know, feel free to follow me and uh, say hi to me over there. Yeah, get those numbers up. If you're listening, go, uh, go track him down. <laughs> Uh, inf- inflate those follower uh, stats and uh, you can obviously check out the minicast and all the other shows at uh, tfradio.net and you can support the show by buying a shirt uh, you can find a link at tfradio.net or you can just go to shirtsickle.com like popsicle but shirt and uh, buy one of our uh, many shirts and we appreciate you oh last thing too guys if you shop on Amazon that startup called Amazon if you go to tfradio.net and click the Amazon link then we get a few um a few uh, shekels back from uh, your uh, purchase on Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but uh, we get a little kickback. goes into Brian Kilby's pocket, and he is the guy who makes the wheels turn at tfradio.net, so we appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, Bill, thanks again for your brain power on IP. Happy to help. And I will thank every dear listener out there, uh, whether you're working out, driving, uh, listening at work, uh, going to sleep, using this as uh, as a sleep aid, whatever you're doing, <laughs> however you are utilizing this uh, to better your life. Hopefully, we appreciate it. So for Bill, uh, this is uh, John. We'll see you on the next RFC minicast. Music provided by BenSound.com. <laughs>